Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Nice to see a lot of green on the screen today, uh, not only from the grain perspective, but the lean hogs. Cattle, on the other hand, they're a completely different story, and we'll talk about what's been going on with them as well. Now, we are going to look at a variety of different things for you today, including all these positive grain numbers, but we did see a big purchase coming this morning. Who was it from? That's a big question. It might be one or the other, China or Brazil. We're going to find out. And then, of course, we do have a crop update later today. And the Pro Farmer Crop Tour is underway. And we know that Iowa has been on the radar when it comes to the national uh, perspective uh, announcement coming from the president earlier today. And, of course, we'll get those numbers. uh, I think it's like day three and day four of this Pro Farmer Crop Tour as to what we're really seeing for numbers. Well, we are going to talk to somebody today who is from the state of Iowa, and that's Sue Martin. She is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And Sue, crop progress report, I think I want to start there. That comes out later this afternoon. Do you think there could be any uh, confirmed or at least some updated numbers and, and decreases in this corn and beans because of that storm? Well, yes, I do. I think it's going to certainly show, um, one, that Iowa's uh, ratings, but not only Iowa, Illinois, uh, not so much Indiana, although Indiana did get impacted on the very far northern uh, part of the state. But Michigan might even show some uh, impact as well. But, yeah, Iowa and Illinois are the two states, and Iowa especially, where this storm, this direct storm, is going to have a big impact in uh, conditions for the state. But it isn't just the storm. It's uh, We noticed over the weekend just driving around, um, crops were had all of a sudden now granted we're kind of in a dry area so to speak but it's like there's more and more areas of Iowa getting dry even northeastern uh, Iowa starting to see signs of drying as well but um, we noticed the crops took a big turn a big step down this past weekend and so yes I think very much that storm's going to have an impact uh, on the um, uh, ratings here this afternoon so you know the trades looking for anywhere from two to four we think it'll be around three at least three percent um maybe it's four and that's in corn but in soybeans which didn't quite suffer because of how close to the ground they are uh the plant is uh and these winds up higher uh we think that soybeans may have not fared quite as bad but last Friday, the USDA, due to RMA insurance, came out and uh, increased Iowa's acres that were impacted from 10 million estimated acres to 14 million estimated acres. That's a huge uh, jump. And even at 10 million, it was estimated around 43% of the state's acres. So you're talking closer towards uh, a percentage that might be closer towards 50% of the state's acres. So we have um, a concern. I was uh, a very leading state in corn and bean production. I think they're number one in corn. And, um, you know, they sometimes compete in soybeans with Illinois. But, um, you know, Iowa is a state that's got its share of issues. And the one thing we have to keep in mind, a week ago, this last weekend, we've seen crops fields of beans getting this cast over the whole field and you know it's like your first weekend at that time of august and i I told my husband i said if i didn't know better i'd say that the beans were turning starting that progression towards coming home but i said it's too early for them 
And I think what it is that we have to keep one thing in mind. Crops this year really did go in a lot earlier than they had been the last few years anyway. So they are going to start that turn and progression. So fields that are turning by now, well, they would be about a month out from being harvested. And that'll be in September, you know, around the 15th. But definitely crops took a big turn this this week. We just noticed it very much driving around this past weekend. So how much emphasis? I mean, every year we know that the Pro Farmer Crop Tour is closely watched uh, when things are popping up on social media. This year it takes a different turn with having the virtual meetings taking place um, each evening. But how much are you guys going to weigh in on, on what these numbers have to say? Well, I think it's going to be interesting. The one thing we've always thought of the Pro Farmer Tour is that they give you good insight as to what's going on in the field. You know, you can have drones fly over and what have you or look for greenness maps, which now with all that storm damage, it's turning brown. But um, you can catch with greenness, but you still don't catch what's really going on in inside the fields. And... Um, you know, for corn, one thing I continue to hear is, uh, um, and I hear it all over, it doesn't matter if it's in Iowa or in, in uh, Minnesota or uh, Illinois, Indiana, Nebraska, um, it's the length of the ears this year, the number of kernels in length. But the other thing I hear is the circumference of the ear, that there may be, uh, I hear a lot of 16 row, I've seen some 14 row. And but yet 50 kernels long, which is abnormal also in of itself. The other thing is, though, there's I've heard some out of Indiana talk 18 uh, rows around, but a lot of 16s as well. So, you know, it's um, we had a very good start to the year. Uh, most everybody came in with good subsoil moisture. So that's been a blessing. But and it's a long time between now and next year. But we better be hoping we get some moisture to help replenish us or we're going to be into an issue next year. Very much so. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more to look at, not only on the grain side, but the the struggles that we saw today within the cattle market as the hogs work their way to continue to try to stay into some positive territory. It's a Monday, always an interesting day when we have the Crop Progress Report come out in the afternoon. Stick around. We do have a lot more coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. We did see a purchase that came out this morning, released like we usually see those numbers a little after 8 o'clock. But I think many folks, when they saw the unknown, just assumed it was China. But you said there might be somebody else out there buying. Well, that's it. Uh, Brazil has certainly came on the radar and has turned out to be a pretty good importer of U.S. wheat as well. So we think it's very possible it's actually Brazil. Do you think we can keep this trend? I mean, it's just like every day we've had an announcement coming. And as we get closer to harvest, is a pressure on to with what the dollar is trading? And, and I think the, the more current grains being uh, harvested to maybe get some more buys? Well, I think that, uh, you know, the weekend um Zoom meeting between uh, Robert Litzheiser, uh, U.S. Trade Representative, and Vice 
Premier Li He out of China did not occur. And so it, they had scheduling issues, which is interesting. You'd mm-hmm. have thought they'd have had that worked out ahead of time. But um, China, I think, is still going to be in the market taking things. Um, keep in mind that we are now heading into uh, the 18th. Tomorrow's the 18th of, of August. Our weather sources that have been very on cue or on target with the weather this year are predicting that these heavy monsoonal kind of rains that China endured in the Yangtze River Basin will start to pick back up again. They've had a little reprieve, and then now they're going to come back and get hit a second time. If that is correct, that's a big concern because China's already on edge with high food inflation. Uh, 10% increase in, in July following a 10% increase in uh, June. So they're very concerned. Um, they're um, uh, poultry production has increased. Uh, it's up sharply from a year ago. I want to say around 18%, something like that. And, um, and then you have, uh, their hog industry certainly on deck making, uh, a great stride. And they're expected to have 200 million head of hogs on the ground, uh, by the end of this year. So they are making, I think, um, uh, their hog herd increased 13% in the month of July. So uh, that's a big jump for them. I think that China's um, very much needing to be in the market and buying. They've already bought out of um, Brazil. By the end of July, they'd already bought 60 to 64 million metric tons of soybeans. And that's 2020-2021 crop. That crop doesn't start getting planted at the earliest until September 15th. And that's because of Asian rust issues. But one thing we have noticed is the farmers are very aggressively selling as well. They're about, no, back then they were like 51% sold uh, versus 24% normal a year ago. So farmers are selling out ahead of time quicker before they've even put the crop in the ground. This is going to end up being a good thing for the U.S. farmer. We'll get them out of our way. They'll be sold out and then... The rest of the world has to turn and China and come to the U.S. But should there be a situation where this flooding hits a second time around, there's fear that there could be so much um, weight put on the tectonic plates that they could suffer an earthquake. If that were to happen, that Three Gorges Dam could be breached. That would be a black swan event. Don't know if it happens. I hope for their sake it doesn't. But if it did... That would take out an estimated 480 million people, a generation of population, and cut the population in China from 1.4 billion down uh, by 480 million people. That'd be huge. And it would also uh, basically change their ag industry as they know it today. It would wipe them out. Not what we want to see, devastation in other parts of the world to, to bring some profitability to us, but we know it's the potentials there, and it's good for us to plan at least ahead going into that. Oh, exactly. And, and the other thing is, too, is that uh, China's uh, poultry industry has been pushed and is up sharply, and, that's, and it had to be because they didn't have the pork, so they were trying to make up with protein of another source, and that was poultry. Well, those are all, be it whether it's pork or poultry, are big users of corn, DDGs, 
and also they can use some seed wheat, but it's mostly corn, DDGs, and soy meal. And China loves to crush their own beans. So um, I continue to believe that China's going to be in our market, and they aren't going to go away very quickly. Um, the fact that they were buying 60 to 64 million metric tons by the end of July, just ask, I, I have to ask, why so early? Why so quick? Normally, prices would be cheap at harvest time. I don't want, I kind of wonder, and you know, today, beans took out and made an outside trading range month. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and you'll have a great day. Thanks so much. Sue Martin's been joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss. They're not suitable for all investors. That's a Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.